Good Monday morning to you all. My name is Larry Frank, your host of another episode of Frankly Speaking. Um, we got some sad, sad news to start off with. We had three deaths over the weekend within the NFL family. First one beginning with Ed Biles, the former Houston Oilers coach and defensive coordinator under the Love You Blue Houston Oilers. Uh, back in that time, and uh, he unfortunately passed away at the age of 88 this weekend. Uh, also, Bobby Mitchell, the speedy Hall of Fame flanker and fullback for the Cleveland Browns, and who later on became the first African American to ever play for the Washington Redskins, has died at 84, and... Lastly, Tom Dempsey, who was very, very popular kicker for this particular play. Yes, that was Tom Dempsey. Unfortunately, he passed away as well at the age of 73. His was due. He did have Alzheimer's and dementia, but his death was due to this unfortunate disease that an illness that we have going on called coronavirus. So, well, we all we just send our prayers to the families and rest in peace. All of you, you will be surely missed. Now, we've had a lot of different things going on in the NFL, and I like to dedicate Mondays to the NFL. We will at times talk about different things other than football on Mondays if the sports world dictates it. But uh, we want to talk as much about um, football as possible today because during the NFL season, obviously... Monday mornings is a recap of what happened over the weekend in the NFL. Uh, later on in our show, we're going to have a huge Tampa Bay uh, sports fan join us uh, probably sometime in the next uh, 30 minutes. His name is Craig Frank from Tampa, Florida, so we'll have him on. And we'll be talking a little bit about some Tampa Bay Buccaneer football. Also, we're going to get into in a couple of moments this Rex Ryan and Mari Cooper feud that seems to be going on. Uh, we'll also talk when we do talk the Buccaneers a little bit about J Jason Light and whether he's doing a good job or a not so good job in Tampa Bay. And then we will preview the Cleveland Browns. Had a fan who wanted me to discuss the Cleveland Browns a little bit. So we're going to get into the Cleveland Browns and, you know, that previous year and what we should expect in the future. But I want to start off with this Rex Ryan Amari Cooper feud where people are just 
shooting for Rex Ryan's head over the comment he made um, calling uh, Amari Cooper a turd. I'm going to go ahead and see if we can get this clip played for you so all my listeners can go ahead and hear this. Earlier today on Get Up, you had some comments surrounding Cowboys wide receiver Amari Cooper. I, I know you'd like to, to clarify those, so the floor is yours, Coach. Oh, yeah, first off, I mean, I'm, I can't believe I said that, use that word. Obviously, it's, uh, it was a poor choice by me to, to say what I said about uh, Amari, and anybody knows me. Know, I mean, look, I'm, uh, quite honestly, I think the world of every player and have a great deal of respect for every single player in the National Football League, including Amari Cooper. Now, with that being said, I think the Cowboys uh, overspent for Amari Cooper. And the reason for it is, I don't doubt that this is an elite player. He has those traits. But an elite receiver, to me, shows up on the road. He shows up against great corners, and he shows up in crunch time. And those are three things that Amari Cooper has not done uh, so far in his career. In fact, I think he's won one playoff game uh, as a uh, as a player. And all those things are how I feel about this this young man as a receiver. Um, but my what I added at the end of that, you know, I want to apologize to Amari again and, and uh, hope he accepts my uh, my apology. That was Rex Ryan actually apologizing for the comments he made to Amari Cooper in uh, regards to uh, calling him a turd. Now, I want to I go over this a little bit because this irks me a little bit. First of all, as a sports host, as a sports reporter, as an analyst, which Rex Ryan is, his job is to give his opinion of what he feels about an individual player, whether we as fans agree with it or do we do not agree with it. That's what sports talk is all about. We're not always going to agree with what I say on the show, and I don't expect my listeners to necessarily agree. That's why we have these great conversations and these great topics that we talk about. We agree to disagree. Now, whether he was right or wrong about calling him a turd is a whole nother issue. And I know Rex didn't mean to call him a turd, but we get into the emotions of the things. And I'm not sticking up for Rex Ryan, but Rex Ryan has the right to his opinion. Whether I agree with it or not is not the issue. What I want everybody to understand is that just because you may not agree with Rex Ryan does not make him wrong. Now, as far as Amari Cooper goes, he has he's had a great career. He just signed a five-year, $100 million deal, dollar deal with the Cowboys. His statistics are unbelievable. I think he's only had one year since 2015 where he's had under 1,000 yards receiving. And I believe that was 2017. Uh, I know in 2018, if you add uh, Oakland and Dallas together, he had over 1,000 yards. Listen to these statistics from last year. 
He had 79 yards, excuse me, 79 receptions, 1,189 yards receiving, and eight touchdowns. You know, that's not a bad year. It, it, it's just not a bad year, and I really don't understand what Rex is talking about. But then again, like I just said, I have a right to my opinion. I've never spoke to Amari Cooper in person, never text Amari Cooper. I do not know what he's like as an individual. You know, Rex Ryan may know him on a different level than I do or than you do. He has that right. Now, as far as the word turd, there are a lot worse words that, you know, people can use in the English language. Um, Rex did not mean anything, and I know this for sure, in a discriminatory way. He called him a turd. I think it's about time. The problem with this country is that we have become so sensitive and so wimpy over the last 20 years that no matter what anybody says, somebody always wants to go after him. You know, they want to sue him. They want to attack him, whether it's verbally or physically. He called him a turd. Big deal. Stop being so damn sensitive and get over it. We'll be back right after this message. I'm self-confident. How self-confidence is vital in anything you do. And he said so well that self-confidence is developed through preparation. No matter what you're doing, be prepared. Have unbelievable knowledge to what you're pursuing. Do it to the best, as we always talk about. Always give your best. The preparation. You can't have self-confidence if you're not successful, and you're not going to be successful if you don't prepare it. And if you do, whether you be in the corporate world, the legal world, education, sports, come on, you got to be prepared. Like right now, if I jump in this pool, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble up my head. You kidding me? I can't swim right now. No, so I'm not prepared. I go in here practice a little swimming. Hey, just having a little fun, but be prepared. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you that during this difficult time that we are facing right now in the United States with the coronavirus, that there are a lot of mom and pop businesses out there, especially restaurants, who need your help. We ask that at this time that you order a carryout or delivery meal. Whenever you decide you get hungry, whether it's for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, doesn't matter. Go to one of these small mom-and-pop restaurants, order a delivery and carry or carry-out order, because you ordering from them could be the difference between them staying open or them shutting their doors. They need your help. Please support them. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Frankly Speaking. I want to remind you that if you have any questions, concerns, topics that you'd like to discuss, you can get in touch with us by going right to the message link right on this podcast. You can leave a message and we'll actually play a message on the next Frankly Speaking podcast. You can also contact us by going to Frankly Speaking 528 
at gmail.com. I have a Twitter account. I like to put a lot of stuff on Twitter, a lot of information. Go to La at Larry Frankis with the U.S. And don't forget my, my Facebook page, Frankly Speaking, where I try to update you with as much information in the sports world as possible. That's Frankly Speaking at Facebook. In a couple of minutes, we're going to get on the phone here and talk to a big, huge uh, Tampa Bay fan uh, named Craig Frank. We'll get him on shortly. But before we do that, um, you know, and we'll end up talking to Craig a little bit about this uh, when we get him on in a few minutes, is Jason Light, the general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, sometimes I don't know about the fans in Tampa Bay, and I don't want to sound mean to the fans in Tampa Bay, but you never know which way they are thinking. When things go good, they want to talk positive. Things go negative, they hate everyone. And, you know, I know that's sports in general, and, you know, for some reason it's the wrong philosophy for fans to have, the wrong demeanor, or whatever word you want to use, but it wasn't so long ago about... 45 days ago, everybody in Tampa Bay wanted Jason Light out of there. Get the man out of here. He sucks. He's never had a great draft pick. He doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to player personnel. And now, they love him. Look what he's done. He's got Tom Brady down to Tampa Bay. He re-signed uh, Pierre, he re-signed Sue, he re-signed Shaq Barrett, and you're really going to find out what his draft pick O.J. Howard back when he was the number one pick, if he's going to have that bust-out year. And everybody talks about Jason Light being terrible, Jason Light being terrible. Guys, players play the game. GMs go after potential, they watch the player, they look at the player, they analyze the player, they watch film on the player, they do, they do as much as they can to make the right choice. Other than that, the players have to go out there and play. Um, O.J. Howard hasn't played yet, but he's about to play. All these other guys he's resigning, he's building that defense back up. You know, needs a little help on the offensive line, but doing a pretty darn good job down there. So I think it's about time that people in Tampa Bay get off this guy's back. He's doing everything he can to bring a winner there. He brought Bruce Arians there. There's another guy I didn't even tell you about. You know, the head coach. They've had a relationship before. And, uh, you know, obviously, this is working into a decent marriage down there. So, you know, I just wanted to hit on that because I think a lot of people, uh, they, they, they just knocked this guy so bad. And then now... It's completely different. He's like, you know, the king of Tampa Bay now, besides Tom Brady, of course. So we'll get a little a bit of information when we get Craig Frank on here in a moment. Before we get Craig on, we're going to go ahead and take a quick station break to allow our stations to identify themselves. Seven seconds. You can see the time. Wittenberg. Oh, it's a long ways. They won it. 
Yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. The great late Jimmy Valvano and his North Carolina State Wolfpack winning the national championship and a moment that still sticks in most NCAA basketball people's mind. What should have been the end of the Final Four and the two remaining teams for the championship we should have identified today. But unfortunately, um, that will be unable to happen, as you all know. And I do have some breaking news before we get Craig Frank on. Um, Ian Rappaport has just reported a message from the Masters uh, that they... I'm going to get it right here. That the Masters, once again, has a set a tentative date that they will be holding it on November 9th through November 15th. So, for those of you golf fans out there, the Masters are tentatively set for November 9th to the 15th. Ladies and gentlemen, it, it is my great pleasure to um, introduce you now on our Frankly Speaking Hotline, all the way down in Tampa, Florida, the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Craig Frank. Craig, how are you doing today? Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Very well. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How's everybody with the family and everything doing with this coronavirus down there? Well, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the best. We're just trying to do what we're told from uh, the proper authorities and and just hope that we can get through this so we can get to uh, get back, get people healthy, and, and, of course, get back to our sports, which we, we dearly miss. Yeah, that, we definitely miss that. Uh, Craig, let, let's talk about, you know, probably the biggest news could be possibly in Tampa Bay history, and especially over the last 30 days. Uh, explain, you know, Tom Brady signed by the Buccaneers, uh, which I had reported, and yes, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit, uh, about two weeks before that there was a good chance the Bucks would get him. But tell the fans, you being there in Tampa Bay, what was the hysteria like around once he was signed down there? Yeah, Larry, great question. Um, it, it's crazy down here. Uh, definitely Tom Brady... Uh, fever. Uh, they, they're doing everything from selling in jerseys uh, to people buying hats, season tickets. I heard yesterday are, are up at an incredible percentage rate. Um, and they're even covering him when he's moving into his home uh, uh, where he uh, is renting Derek Jeter's house now. So they had an aerial view of Jeter's house with him moving in. So it, it, it's crazy down here. And uh, it's good. It's been a while. It's been a while since uh, uh, Buccaneer fans have had something to you know, look forward to. You know, you know, Tom Brady comes, obviously, an upgrade to Jameis Winston, which we're not going to get into Jameis Winston today. But it seems like everybody in Tampa Bay, the media, uh, and even the NFL media, they're already given the Lombardi Trophy to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do you think about that? Well, as you know, never has a championship been won uh, or lost in April. Um, it, I, I think the important thing is the, the Bucs uh, have been looking for a quarterback who they could count on. Um, 
more to help their defense as well as their offense. Their offense has done, done plenty. The problem with the Buccaneers has been the mistakes that were made at the quarterback position. Um, don't forget, with Tom Brady, uh, you, you still have to block for him. You still have to have an offensive line um, that is going to keep him off his back and let him sit in the pocket where he does his, you know, his, his strengths, leading defenses, uh, going down the field once in a while, as well as you know those short passes, those intermediate passes that uh, really make him the quarterback he is because he's so smart and cerebral. Yeah, and you know one of the things, my philosophy on this whole Tom Brady thing, and I want to get your input on this, is if you remember back when the Denver Broncos, John Elway signed Peyton Manning. Now, John Elway knew, in my eyes, that Peyton Manning wasn't the same quarterback he was, let's say, roughly 8 to 10 years ago, but he knew he needed somebody at that position that had the best intelligence the best quarterback IQ that's going to make the least amount of mistakes that's going to cost him games to run that offense. Do you think maybe that's the thinking of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We don't need Tom Brady in his prime. We need his intelligence at that position. Yeah, Larry, that's a great point. What you need with Tom Brady is, and the difference you're going to have between him and James Winston is the ability of not to make the big mistake at the big time. Um, he's got more weapons now, arguably, than he's ever had with, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, he, you know, he has two tight ends, uh, O.J. Howard and, and, of course, Cameron Gray, who he loves to throw to his tight end. Uh, and, and, and he'll have a running back, be it um, Robert Jones or whoever they bring in, who uh, will be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. So for, for Tom Brady, basically, he just needs to do what he's been doing. Um, in New England, and, and, and the Buccaneers have plenty of, like I said, offensive weapons, and it will also help your defense. You know, when you make mistakes, and uh, a lot of mistakes that Jameis has made, that puts your defense in a really, you know, bad position, and they're not able to really, you know, first of all, you know, they're on the field more than they're off the field. So I think that, as a team aspect in football, probably – this is more as any other team is a team game, and that's where I think it's really going to help. We're live on the phone with Craig Frank from Tampa, Florida. Craig, you were talking about the tight ends, which I'm glad you brought up. Is this do or die for O.J. Howard this year as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? I'm sorry, Larry, I couldn't hear you there. I'm sorry again. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, O.J. Howard. Is this a do or die year for O.J. Howard? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, I mean, he's been hurt a lot. Um, uh, last year, it seemed like he was lost at times. I mean, the guy, I keep hearing, you know, O.J. Howard, uh, he's, he's incredible talent. And, and, and that, that might be true, but he needs to do it on a consistent basis. He needs to stay on the field. And, I mean, I mean, he's huge. He's huge. Um, uh, and they need to, and Tom Brady will find him, okay? And there's going to be no excuse that, quarter, you know, Quarterback's not finding him. Him and Cameron Brady are going to be incredible weapons. And like I said, O.J. Howard is an incredible specimen. He just has to use it and use it more often. Yeah, and, you know, Bruce Arians is obviously the type of coach that is very direct, and people usually don't have a long leash with him. And my question to you is, last year, 
Matt Gay, Giants game, 35-yard field goal, misses at the end of regulation. Last game of the season, I believe it was versus Atlanta, three field goals missed, cost them that game. What kind of leash do you think is going to be on Matt Gay this year? Well, just, just like anything, those kickers can make or break your whole team. I mean, just from a momentum uh, momentum situation, uh, I mean, in my opinion, uh, field goal kickers these days should be able to be uh, close to uh, 90, 95% from 50 yards and in. Um, I mean, it's, it's always been a position the Bucks have, have really struggled with. I mean, uh, Jason Light had, had, a couple of years ago uh, drafted uh, the kicker from Florida State of Wild, uh, and uh, I mean, he took a lot of flack for that, picking him in the, I believe, was it the second round, first or second round? Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that, that really didn't work out, but it's always been an Achilles heel for the Buccaneers, and it makes such a big difference, you know. Uh, with a guy like Tom Brady and with those weapons, you're gonna, you know, they should be within the, you know, the 40s uh, more, more than they're not, and you want to come away at least some point. And, and, and I think the leash will be short uh, because um, they're in it to win it right now. Okay? They're in it to win it. You don't bring Tom Brady here for a five-year plan. You bring a Tom Brady in here to win the Super Bowl this year and next year. Absolutely. Now, I'm glad you brought up Jason Light because before you came on, we I did a little segment on Jason Light, and I actually told our listeners that I was going to ask your perspective on this. You know... To me, and I know it's part of the job, Jason Light takes a lot of crap down there in Tampa. And let me explain. I was down there roughly 45 days ago, a couple of months ago, and the local media, sports media, radio, uh, newspapers, and so on, social media, they were drilling him. They were calling for his head. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Next thing you know, Jason Light, Signs Tom Brady. He re-signs Dominic Sue. Re-signs Paul. Re-signs uh, Shaquille Barrett. Uh, he was the one that got Devin Smith who came on last year. Jamel Dean. You're going to find out if O.J. Howard's a bust or not. You know, to me, that doesn't sound like a real terrible job. And it just seems like the fans, they hated him. Now you're hearing... They love him. I mean, what's your perspective on Jason Light? Well, you, you know, as fans, we're fickle. You know, uh, what have you done for me lately? It's no different in any sport, any GM. Um, uh, Jason Light has made some really, really questionable moves. Um, and he's made some great moves, you know. The, they picked up the Ali Marpets. They, they, they got that big defensive uh, tackle. He's escaping to my mind right now. Um, the, the big guy from USC. Um, he's made some really good picks, of course. To, you know, when you get Tom Brady, and you're able to do that. Um, you know, there's got to be a reason. He had a connection with Tom going back 20 years. Plus, he was able to get Bruce Arians to be our coach. Bruce Arians not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach without Jason Light there. Correct. So, you know, um, there's, there's always some positive things that they're going to do. And, and But it's so funny. Uh, bad news, unfortunately, travels, you know, a lot quicker than good news. And, and Jason Light, some of his moves, uh, Aguayo, um, uh, some free agent signings that went bust, you know, has really been, you know, um, you know, uh, in the media, he's been ripped apart. But then again, he's done some really good ones. So you just got to hope, 
you win a Super Bowl and everyone forgets what you've done bad, they remember you won a Super Bowl. Are you comfortable starting the season with Ronald Jones as your running back? You know, uh, if you would have asked me that a year ago, I would have said no. Uh, Ronald Jones really, really improved last year. Um, he lost some weight. He built some muscle. Um, uh, I, 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 I think what what he was hitting the hole so much harder. And the, what I really liked about it was the second effort. Um, and also, you know, he was be able to run. Year and a, a year before, he couldn't run inside the tackle. He was able to run a little bit inside the tackles, and and he showed that extra burst he didn't show his first year. Was he injured? Who knows. But I he he, he I was impressed with him and. You know, Bruce Arian loves him. He caught the ball a lot better out of the backfield this year as well. Uh, as long as he holds on to the ball, I think, I don't know if he'll be the feature, but he'll be one of them. Um, and as you know, in this league, you need more than one running back because they take a beating back there almost every play. And another thing about um, Robert Jones, you know, the key for him is, and, and, and for any running back back there, back there now, is going to be you can't miss blocks with Tom Brady just stepping back in the pocket. You, it's, a, it's a different... He's not, Tom's not going to get out of the pocket as much as Jameis did, but he had to. Uh, and, of course, that's, uh, that's going to be the offensive line's you know, job, too, to, to get Tom more time. But you can't miss blocks when you're, you're in the backfield, and that's your, your job on that play. We're live with Craig Frank uh, from Tampa, Florida. Craig, before we let you go, um, you know, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers making some big moves. A lot of people picking them to at least go to the playoffs this year, if not further. You got the Tampa Bay Rays, who, when the season finally does start, um, are looking for promise and things. And, of course, the Lightning, probably the most consistent team you have down there in Tampa Bay. Uh, is Tampa becoming a major sports market right now? envision this before I let you go. It's February, first week, Super Bowl in Tampa, Florida. 
Can you end that envision seeing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing in the Super Bowl at Raymond James Stadium? You know, Larry, um, it's never happened before where the home team, where the home team uh, hosted the Super Bowl. Uh, You know, with Tom Brady here, um, uh, you know, I think he's going to make a huge difference in the locker room, the attitude. Um, You know, he's he's no nonsense when it's time to work. Uh, He can't do it alone. I can see if that defense continues to improve. They re-signed, like you said, uh, uh, Sue and um, uh, Pierre Paul and uh, the, the cornerbacks uh, that were torched in the early part of the year really started coming together. So uh, I think that's where Brady's going to make his biggest difference. And um, if, if the defense can continue to improve, which you can still win with defense, um, I would not put it past Tom Brady to be in the Super Bowl in the next year or two. Great. Craig, we want to thank you very much for taking uh, time out of your busy schedule there in Tampa, Florida today. We enjoyed having you, and we wish you and your family the best of luck. Larry, thank you so much, Robert. Please stay safe, and please uh, send my best to your lovely wife. All right. You have a great day now. That was Craig Frank live from Tampa Bay. Um, We'll be back right after this message to talk a little bit about Cleveland Browns football. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. Once again, I'm your host, Larry Frank. And what a great, great, great conversation with Craig Frank, a huge Tampa Bay sports fan. I want to remind you all, Uh, If you remember the other day, we had Daniel Marcello from the New York Mets fan page. If any of my listeners are in charge of a fan page like those individuals are, and they want to specifically come on and talk about their team like we just did with Craig today and we did with Daniel with the New York Mets the other day, uh, please, please contact us either on this message link or go to my... um, Email franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. You can reach me at Twitter at Larry Frankus. It's with a U.S. at the end. I have a Facebook page. Follow me. We're getting so many followers day after day. The show is getting big. We're getting great guests on the show. We had a Rich Herrera, if you haven't heard our podcast the other day, go back and listen to it. We got some great people talking about Some great sports topics, and we'd love to have you involved. Now, I got a quick message. It was an anonymous message, but I'm going to go for it. They want to talk about Cleveland Browns and my outlook on the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, last year, before the 2019 season start, I I think a lot of people, including myself, were premature on the Cleveland Browns going to at least at least the playoffs. And as you know, they had a not-so-great year last year. But I still think that team, especially offensively, has the make of a decent team. I mean, if you look at it, they got Baker Mayfield. You know, Mayfield did not have the best of seasons, Um, He threw 22 touchdown passes last year, had 21 interceptions. So he's definitely turned the ball over a lot more 
than the Cleveland Browns would like him to. He had a 59.36 completion to attempt ratio, and he threw for 3,800 yards, so just shy of 4,000 yards. So, you know, Baker Mayfield's going to have, a, you know, a lot of things that he's going to have to overcome in the uh, this year. He has a new coach. And let's hear from the new coach in regards to what he thinks or how he feels about Baker Mayfield. I am undeterred, and I'm undaunted. And I think the challenge is is there, and I can't wait to be a part of this change. The Browns' new head coach officially took the reins today and was introduced at a press conference. And the voice of the Browns, Jim Donovan, sat down for a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Kevin Stefanski. So, Jimmy, what were your first impressions? Uh, I was really super impressed. You know, I've cool. sat in front of a lot of these guys through the years. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I have a pretty good, uh, you know, feeling for what's going to work and what hasn't worked in the past. This has got a great chance of working. This was an incredibly impressive young guy who is now the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns. And he started all the way down at the bottom when he showed up on the front door of the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, he was the assistant to the head coach, running errands for the head coach. Now he's the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, and he's done it through incredibly hard work, and that's what he's going to impress upon the Cleveland Browns. There's no shortcut. It's going to take a lot of hard work. If you do it, and you do it diligently, and you do it every day, you can get there, especially if you're the quarterback of the team. He's worked with a lot of quarterbacks, and now now he works with Baker Mayfield, and the challenge is to make him great. Well, Baker and I, we need to sit down first and, and talk, and I need to get to know him. But bottom line is what we'll do for Baker and for every one of our players is pull this thing apart. We need to really study that tape, study last year, and then once we've kind of understood last year, we're going to put it away. We're going to put it to bed and say, here's what we're doing this year. Here's the technique. Here are the schemes as, you, as they learn a new offense. Uh, that's important. But... We need to learn about last year, but almost more importantly, we also need to move forward. Sometimes when you be, take on a new assignment like this, it's the cupboards bare mm -hmm. on a lot of teams. Not so here? No, that's not the case at all. And there's young players that are really talented, and that's the fun part because these young players, they're only scratching the surface. We need to develop them. We need to get them even better and see where, where we can take these guys. It seems as though organization and preparedness are right very high in your priority list. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that transcends when a team takes on that image. It transcends on Sundays. I hope so, and that's really the, the shared vision that I talked about with Dee and Jimmy and what we want this team to look like. And ultimately, we want smart, tough football players out there, and that's what we're going to be charged with, putting a scheme together where our guys can, can play fast. And at the end of the day, we need to be smart enough to, to identify our key players and make sure that this offense or defense or the special teams is tailored to their unique skill set. Um, I'm going to leave you with this, okay? You talked about meeting Jim Brown. That's a wow moment. But how about this? This is a pretty wow moment, too. You're the second youngest head coach in Cleveland Browns history. Only Paul Brown was younger. Wow. It's pretty good. Uh, that gives me goosebumps. That's, that's special. And, you know, it's hard for me to sit back and reflect on this because there's so much work to do. But I'll promise you I'll sit back and think about that and just think about the storied uh, history of this place. Now he's really into the NFL. He All righty, that was Kevin Stefanski, the new uh, head coach of the Cleveland Browns. I want to thank WKYC Studios out of Cleveland, Ohio, 
for sending us that tape so that we could use it on Frankly Speaking. Now, as we go on, I want to talk about the run. Let's talk about the running back situations out there. You know, Nick Chubb is a beast. You know, he rushed for, I think he had 300 attempts last year, rushed for just under 1,500 yards. I think 1,494, and he had eight touchdowns. Uh, also had Kareem Hunt, who had a lot of other issues, so we won't get into that right now. And then they had a great, great, I thought, receiving call between Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Both of them were 1,000-yard receiving yards last year. So both of them are capable to go along catch the long ball, as well as pick up yardage. So from an offensive standpoint, you know, the the Cleveland Browns definitely, uh, you know, were not a bad team except for the mistakes that they made, and that's what killed them. Now, if you really want to look as we go into the next year, I, I think one of their biggest needs is definitely an offensive tackle. I mean, they've already moved on from Greg Robinson, and Hubbard is coming off a disappointing, definitely a disappointing 2019 campaign. So, you know, the Browns, are, I think they should go for uh, offensive tackle with their first-round draft pick. I mean, they also need linebackers on that team. Uh, Schobert hit free agency. And then, of course, what the guy uh, ah it comes right to my name, Christian Kirksey. I think he went to, uh, you know, he's been released. So now they have to fill up those linebacker voids. And defense is a very, very big question for them. They also need a safety. You know, Randall's gone, and they just cut Burnett. So the question for, I think it's going to come down, and I think just like, uh, Craig said earlier with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, you have a potential great offensive team, the Browns do, with Mayfield, Chubb, uh, with those two receivers. The question's going to be how well is your defense going to play and what type of field position are they going to put you in? No team's going to be successful if they're continuing to start in their all their own end every time they get the football. That defense has to get aggressive, has to play attack defense, and create turnovers rather than the offense giving up turnovers. It's just the formula for success in the NFL. And uh, they're going to need to definitely add some pieces in that draft as well as that offensive line. Because if you can protect Baker, he's going to be very, very dangerous next year with the Cleveland Browns. So for you Cleveland Browns fans and my, the fan that's asking me the question, I wouldn't count the Browns out of making a playoff run. Um, they're not going to go back to two years ago or three years ago when they won zero games. They're a much better football team than back then. The The problem is right now, unless they can fill those holes on defense and get one more offensive lineman, at least one, they're still, they're, they're nothing better than an 8-8 eight eight team. And I, I, 
you know, my job is to just tell you like it is. Sorry to hurt your feelings. Now, if they can make some strong moves and build that defense up, then you can possibly talk about a playoff team. But right now, today, if I had to make it a prediction on the Cleveland Browns, you know, Pittsburgh's going to be much better. They got Big Ben back. You know the Ravens are going to be there. Um, and Cincinnati, you know, still has a lot of opportunity. But remember, Cincinnati has the number one pick. Not that one uh, player makes a whole team. But they'll probably have Burroughs next year starting at quarterback over there. So that division's getting a lot better. And I think it's time that the Cleveland Browns do the same thing. We'll be back right after this message with our last segment. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. You know, it's it's unbelievable. I'm looking at a nice 8x10 picture of me and my son sitting next to each other, both of us with our Tampa Bay Ray jerseys on at the Trop at opening day years back when Carlos Pena hit that grand slam in the first inning off CC Sabathia and just reminds me of uh, how much I miss baseball not going on right now. Uh, if, if you have access to our Facebook page, you saw on Saturday that I broke some breaking news that the President of the United States was meeting with all the different commissioners from each professional sport, from baseball to football to soccer to WNBA, and so on and so on. Well, we want to, we, we didn't know what they were going to talk about. It was, a, I'm sorry, I said meeting, but a conference call as they're not able to meet. And it was decided that in this meeting, they were talking about, you know, first some tax credits and ways to subsidize loss of income, which is very important, obviously, to the leagues. Uh, but according to the President of the United States, uh, President Trump did say that he expects the NFL season to start on time. Now, as far as you, to you and me, that doesn't mean anything. Um, that the President says that it's obviously going to be based on what the CDC, Dr. Foshi, and all of them say. But it did come out of it, and it also came out that the NBA, um, Adam Silver, said that since they were the first ones to stop their league during the coronavirus, that if there's an opportunity, he would like to lead the sports industry going back to play when they do decide it's okay. So, you know, we can hope. There's not much else we can do at this time when it comes to that. Uh, we just got to pray that everything's going to be okay. And hopefully before long, this is supposed to be this week, they said, the toughest week of the coronavirus. So I really, really, really beg my listeners I pray for my listeners that you stay safe. You do what they're telling you to do. You know, if you don't have to go out, don't go out. 
If they're telling you not to go out, don't go out. I also want to take this time to thank all the doctors, the nurses, the CNAs, the truckers, uh, all the people that are making life as easy as possible during this tough time. The doctors, nurses, CNAs, all of them that are risking their lives. And that's what they're doing, listeners. They're risking their lives out there to make sure that we can live safely. So I want to take a moment there to thank all of them as well. I want to thank our special guests today, Craig Frank, for joining us to talk some Tampa Bay football. Really, really, really enjoyed that. Want to remind you all that if you have any topics, questions, concerns that you want to talk about, you can go to Frankly Speaking 528 at gmail.com. Go to my Twitter account, at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S. at the end. You can go to my Facebook page, uh, Frankly Speaking. We also have a link right on this podcast where you can leave messages. We're always looking for sponsorships and donations. So please, please, you know, if you want to get in touch with me, those are the best ways to get in touch with me. Also, if you are any type of relation to a sports field where you are an owner, player, Anyone that's associated with a Facebook page for the team, and you'd like to be a guest on my show, you know, I'm not going to make any promises, but if we're able to get you on the show, we would love to sit down with you and talk sports. That's what we do. And I want to make that very clear again. We stated it at the beginning of the show. I do not care whether you agree or disagree with me. That's what sports talk is all about. I encourage you to get in touch with me and leave messages if you disagree with me or agree with me because that's what makes a sports cast or a sports podcast that much better. I want to thank you all for listening today. Uh, have a great, great Monday, and we're going to continue to have great guests on our show like we did again today. Everybody have a great day.